stay there and let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 7. Deuteronomy chapter 7. <clears throat> and um, ready or not. <laughs> um, we want to continue talking about having a covenant mindset. And um, I know this is big boy stuff, right? Um, carnal Christians, baby Christians, believers that are not interested in growing up into the fullness of the stature of Christ get irritated about this kind of, of message. Amen? And, um, but uh, we are not going to be in God's likeness. We're not going to reflect God in our relationships if we don't become like Him in this area. Amen? And, uh, you know, the goal is for you not to be conformed into my image, but we're all supposed to be conformed into His image. Amen? And this is not just about being covenant-minded in your church dynamic, but it's, it's about being a covenant-minded person, period. That... that you know, we have covenants in different levels, but, you know, I don't rob from my neighbor. I don't hurt my neighbor. I'm, we're under a commandment to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And uh, the people I don't know, I'm, if, if I could help them, I'll help them. I'm not going to hurt. I'm not going to, you know, if I, if I hurt someone, it'd be my mistake. Amen. I want to be covenant-minded towards humanity. Uh, you know, and endeavor. And, and listen, I have had to. I've had to sit where you're sitting in a similar setting and hear stuff that made my flesh want to go, hmm. But see inside me, if you're right-hearted, if you're right-hearted, when Pastor Nancy would get up and I would find her speaking about this, just jerking the slack out of people's chain, my heart leaps. I love it. Even when I know that I'm gonna, I just got whipped. I just got spanked. I'm not living, I'm not living in harmony with what she's just taught me from the Word. I'm going to have to leave here and change. And my flesh doesn't like that. But inside, I know it's right. And when you want to be right, it, the Word can come at you strong and straight, and you go, bring it on. This is helping me. Shut up, flesh. Amen. And again, we're going to live inferior. We're going to live beneath. We're going to forfeit so much if we don't, Become covenant-minded. You know, we, didn't, we weren't born, born into the kingdom of God covenant-minded. We were me-minded. Every sinner's me-minded. Most Christians are me-minded. Dominated by, everything's me. Me, 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 me. And there's a whole movement in the church world, the modern church world, that understands that and said, well, we're just going to have to make church about me if we're going to have people come. So everything's about them. You know, back in the early 2000s, I won't give the name, but there's a big book came out that went across the body of Christ and it encouraged people about church planting and, and their method was go out with a clipboard and uh, knock on doors in neighborhoods and find out what people wanted and then craft a church to cater to that. And it went across the land. Birthed an entire movement. And, I, you know, obviously I don't agree with the fruit of it. And, um, but uh, we're, we're, you know, Jesus is not me-minded. Man, he, 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 he never gets to rest. Never. He is at the Father's right hand where he ever lives. And his constant thought is you, me, and the world. You, me, and the world. Not about him. You know, when he left heaven and came to earth and was born in a cave, born in a manger, and you know, we're talking about the ancient of days. We're the one that, we're talking about the one that led Israel through the wilderness in a pillar of cloud. He wasn't limited to human form. He, he was the rock that led them through the wilderness. He is the ancient of days, the alpha, the omega. And he, he gave everything. He left everything, number one, to please his father. And number two, because we needed him and came here to live in the dirt and to be despised and spit upon and rejected by man. None of that was about him. None of it. See, he's covenant-minded. This pleases my father. If you read Isaiah 53, you know, he, Isaiah saw into the future some 700 years and he saw a suffering Messiah. Amen. 
and, and, and he saw uh, the Messiah on earth allow himself to be strapped to a whipping post and just flogged brutally and repeatedly when he could have called a legion of angels. The Bible says like a lamb being led to the slaughter, he opened not his mouth. He didn't say anything. So see, he, what's he doing? That? He, well, he, he loves his father and he's, he's, he, before the foundation of the world, before Adam took his first breath, he already told God, I'll do it. I'll be the lamb that's slain from the foundation of the world. And none of us, no human being on this earth would have any hope or expectation except hell itself if Jesus was not covenant-minded. Amen. No marriage will survive that's not covenant-minded. You know, when you find that rare couple that's been married 40 years, 50 years, we've been married 60 years, they didn't produce that kind of marital fruit on their feelings. You don't make it that far with another human being. I don't care how wonderful they are for 60 years, 50 years, 40 years, and be mean-minded. You made a lot of, you bit your tongue a lot of times. You, you violated your feelings many times. Amen? No one is going to work for an employer and work up through the ranks. Uh, amen? And, and be promoted over the long term that's not covenant-minded. Amen? So these things may not be fun on your flesh, but I'm telling you, uh, they're vitally important to your life and they'll bless your life. So in Deuteronomy chapter 7, in verse number 9, Deuteronomy 7, 9, look at this verse. It says, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, He is God. Then what does it say? The faithful God, which keeps covenant, and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Amen. The Amplified says, no, recognize, amen, that God is faithful. What is he faithful to do? To keep covenant. When God finds someone who loves him, God is going to be true to them. God is what? He is for us. He is for, you don't want to know why? Because we responded to his love. We came into his family. And the moment we said yes to Jesus, God himself took fatherly responsibility to take care of you and to take care of me. And he is serious about it. Amen? He is serious about it. Quickly, I want you to see from this verse, can you see that connected to covenant keeping is the word faithful. Oh, yeah. Amen. He's a faithful God. Keeping covenant. So keeping covenant will not, you can't do that without the force of faithfulness, without the character trait of faithfulness. If you remember in a previous sermon on this subject, I talked to you that there are several uh, upgirding traits that make a covenant-minded person a covenant-minded person. I wanted to go the honor direction tonight. And, uh, but God said, I want you to talk about faithfulness. Amen. And so for the time that we have, we're going to talk about faithfulness, specifically the law of faithfulness. And just like I was just mentioning, this is not some sort of side issue. This is huge, huge in your life. Remember, I had it in my heart to go back over things that I have taught, but maybe many years ago, amen, and these are things that I have endeavored to embrace in my life and practice in my life, and I would not be where I am in my life, in my ministry, in any area of my life, had I not said yes to this truth and done my best to bring my life and self into harmony with it. Amen. And this is going to touch every fabric in every corner of your life. You know, there's, there's, there's two options here. You could be faithful or you're unfaithful. And there is no middle ground. There's, there's, you could be sitting there tonight faithful or unfaithful. And there's no middle ground. There's no I'm kind of faithful. You're either faithful or you're unfaithful. Amen. And none of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. Uh, hallelujah. 
let me say this to you. How far you go with God will be determined by this issue of faithfulness. How far do you want to go with God? You want to go a little bit? Just enough to squeak into heaven. Well, you can have that approach if you want to. Amen. I don't. Mm-mm. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. I owe more. He sent an angel into a car that was flipping four times when I was sitting there with no seatbelt on in absolute rebellion to all things good and righteous, and he saved my life. And he did similar things in my life many, 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 many times. And now that I've gotten more light and I've accepted him, I, I want to be faithful to him. Amen? And uh, how far I go in my ministry is not determined by the strength of my anointing. It's not determined by my oratory skills. It's not going to be determined by who, can I, who I can network with. Who I can get to launch me. It'll be determined by one thing. And that is how faithful will I be. How far you go on this earth in life in areas of success. How far you go in relationships. How far you go in family. How far you go in ministry is determined by one thing. How faithful are you willing to be? How far you, how far you want to go in your career? I mean, you want to go to the pinnacle of God's ordained plan for your life? Something's wrong with you if you don't. I said, something's wrong with you if you don't. Amen. It's going to be determined largely by, by this issue right here. How faithful are you willing to be? Hallelujah. Go away over into the New Testament to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy. And I'm real tempted to just put the pedal down and go as fast as I can, but I'm not going to do it. We'll go as far as we go, and, and then you can come back. Amen. 1 Timothy chapter 1. And uh, this verse is the verse that inspired my book, Counted Faithful. It's your move. And it's out there in the bookstore. If you haven't gotten it, I encourage you to go out there and get it. You know, faithfulness is how I and how you, uh, it, it is how, let me just talk about me. Faithfulness is how I'm going to get from where I am now to where God has for me to go next. And there's only one door. And only one door. You can't bribe him. There's no shortcut. Now again, you want to just turn your back on the ways of God. You can hook up with Satan and he'll get you some money. He'll get you a platform. He'll help you along. He'll get you a nice, the, the devil will give you a nice house, nice car, pretty wife. Cost you your soul, your purity, your innocence, your conscience, more than you'll ever want to pay. And then you can go out just by the sweat of your brow and natural ability that even God gave you. And, and you, can, you can attain some things. But it'll all be short-lived and it won't, it won't last for nothing into eternity. All true promotion comes from God. Amen? And he don't play. And there's no shortcut. And you know, I think some people think, well, you know, I'm just going to press God's clock. I wouldn't do that because God is more patient than you. He'll outlast you. He'll let your whole life go by. And if you don't pass test one, you're just going to enter heaven, you know, in remedial kindergarten class. And that's just where you'll go. And you just got, you know, you go join all the other bad little children in heaven and learn your lesson. But he will not advance you just because you're 50 or 60 or 70 or 80. Let me tell you this. The vast majority of the body of Christ never gets into any large measure of what God had for them. And this issue right here is a big reason why. They never showed themselves faithful. It's true for ministers. Hallelujah. So you don't get very many amens, Elizabeth, but you're going to Bible school. You, you, you should learn. You're an amener. Praise God. 1 Timothy 1.12. I love this verse. 1 Timothy 1.12. Paul said... And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me for he counted me faithful. He didn't count me anointed. 
He didn't count me gifted. I mean, God made a donkey prophesy, you know, Hebrew. I mean, God can breathe at a donkey and the donkey speak perfect Hebrew to a prophet. God does not promote based on gifting. He doesn't, he doesn't promote based on his call. He doesn't promote based on talent. He doesn't, God can and give you Bill Gates' computer skills. I mean, there it is. And you're a genius. In a, it's not about gifting. But God, what, what God won't do is decide for you what kind of man you're going to be. What kind of woman are you going to be? And even though he knows everything about it experientially, it's up to you and I in real life to demonstrate to God that he can trust us. And God can't trust a lot of people. Can't, he loves his children, but he can't trust them. Well, how do you know that, Pastor? That's kind of hard. Well, if a pastor can't trust a church member, then God can't trust them. I love what Pastor Nancy said. She said, uh, you know, so many Christians are expecting to show up in heaven and hear Jesus say, well done, good and faithful servant. And uh, I love what she said. She said, if your pastor can't call you faithful, God surely won't. Get your eyes off this lofty idea of showing up in heaven and hear these wonderful words from Jesus. You might, but if someone down here, down here that God's assigned to your life as an authority figure can't call you faithful, you ain't. I said, you ain't. I'm not. Amen. So do you see that there's two ingredients here that landed Paul in the ministry? It says, I thank Christ Jesus my Lord for he hath enabled me Counting me faithful, putting me into the ministry. That word put means I have deemed it, I have accounted it, I have decided it, I have ordained it. And if you're going to go into ministry, you want to be ordained by, you want God to say, yeah, you, you're my guy, you're my girl. You're f and so you're going to have to have two things. Number one, you've got to have a call from God. You've got to have a call from God. You don't have a call from God, it doesn't matter how faithful you are. Well, that's in the word enablement. In the word, God enabled Paul. He in, that word in the Greek means to in-strengthen or empower on the inside. And, and God, in, God made Paul anointed and enabled for the ministry that he was called to. And you are in-strengthened by God for something wonderful. You have been endowed. You have been... Uh, impregnated, you have been divinely enabled for whatever it is that God has called you to do in his kingdom. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And yes, it needs development. And yes, uh, we grow in those things. And yes, uh, increasing the strength of that anointing is a very important thing. Amen. But this is on God's side, that divine enablement, giving that. You either have it or you don't. Amen. But then the other ingredient is on man's side. Paul said, he counted me faithful. That word counted, uh, it means um, to account. It means to deem. It means to render. It means to regard. And it means to judge. So God, Paul didn't go into the ministry. He was put there. And he was only put there. Because God counted him, deemed him, judged him faithful. And for you and I to advance in our destiny, for you and I to advance to any degree or measure in the thing that you were born, Samantha, to do, that you were born, Brother Jeremy, to do, amen, is going to be dependent on our taking this bull by the horns, and it is a fruit of the Spirit, so we have divine help. Faithfulness is a fruit of the Spirit, like love. Amen. But yield to it, cultivate it, practice it, and put it and and show God. You can count on me. Let me give you some words. You have an idea of what faithful means. But if you look it up in Hebrew, if you look it up in Greek, it means to be rendered or counted worthy. Are you worthy? Worthy of what? Of trust. You know, anyone that comes into a church, that pastor owes them nothing but love and to feed them. Amen. Amen. 
But in terms of trust, so I don't know how many people, first-timers have come in. I'm thinking about a fella. I only saw him, the, I saw him two times. He came Easter and he came the Sunday after. And he found out from my wife and he found out from me that just showing up and saying, I'm a praise and worship leader, isn't going to get you anywhere in this church. He wasn't interested in the family. He wasn't interested in, in sweeping floors. He wasn't, he want, if I wasn't willing to entrust him based on his whatever, his gifting, amen, then he's going on down the road until he finds some pastor who doesn't know nothing who will give him position. Listen, there's no position in the body of Christ that God has for you that you could be kept out of if you're willing to be faithful. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, to serve in the cafe in the book of Acts in the early church and to serve hot dogs and chips, there was a list. You had to be nominated. You're just going to throw, and in church, man, we're just looking for bodies that are breathing to throw places. But this is how God thinks and how the early church thought about serving food to Christians. You had to be full of the Spirit. You had to have wisdom. You had to have a good reputation. See, it's an honor to serve in children's ministry. It's an honor to run that camera. It's an honor to lint roll these chairs. Amen. You got to be you got to be deemed faithful. Hallelujah. Praise God's good preaching. To be worthy of belief, to earn trust. This is what faithfulness means. It means to be trustworthy. Trustworthy. Amen. And, and I'm not going to give you, I'm not going to, it's not based on faith. Right? Well, just, hey, just, just trust me, Pat. Why should I? What have, what have I been able to see well, I've been serving in this capacity in this other church for 30 years. I never saw any of it. It means nothing to me. I'm sure it means something to God, but it means nothing to me. So you know what, honey, honey, you get to start on the bottom rung. Grab yourself a broom. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. This word faithful means to be dependable. Are you, depend, are you a dependable? If you're a covenant-minded person, you're a dependable person. Whoever hired you knows. Unless it's something legit, they'll be in their post. They'll be clocked in and on duty. And when I turn my back, they won't be leaning up against the wall when they're supposed to be working. So you're not faithful if you're robbing hours from your employer because they're not looking, you get paid by the hour. If you won't work hard and you won't work diligently and you're just milking the hourly wage, you're not faithful. And no one may see it, but God sees it. And in his plan, you ain't going nowhere. Sorry about the ain't. But I mean, you're just not going anywhere. Faithfulness is a law in the kingdom of God. And nobody's getting around it. <laughs> oh, Jesus, help me. Hallelujah. I love the Hebrew definition. It's, it's real short, but for faithfulness, it means to be firm. In other words, if, I've, if you're a faithful believer in this house, you're firm. In other words, right, you know, some people, uh, they, uh, they have this mindset as they're going throughout their week. I'm not mad at you if you're out there watching, okay? I, I'm not, but uh, if little things come up during the week, and in your mind, those little things are justifications for you not coming to church, you're not faithful. Because in your mind, these other little things are more important. They justify your absence when in God's mind, they don't. And we may be doing it ignorantly. We may be doing it innocently. We may be doing it because that's been our mindset for so long. But now you know. Amen. With the exception of going to Jackson, Tennessee that night. 
You know, we thought for sure we had this opportunity to get this car we've been looking at, a kind of car for our son. And we just kind of, my wife kind of found the one. We had to get to Jackson's NT, and I thought, oh my gosh, I got church. And I'm the pastor. <laughs> and she could tell you as they delayed it and things got long, I got more agitated and irritated. Now, was it a sin to miss that service? No, but it sure bothered me. Amen. I don't, that, that's maybe one time in 21 plus years of pastoring that I ever let anything natural keep me from being at my post. And yet in our Christian mind, right, we come up with all sorts of justifications for why it's okay for me to, you know, call up Miss Debbie and say, can't, can't, be, in, can't be in kingdom kids. Why can't you be in kingdom kids? God is listening. He's got his faithfulness book out. Why were you not at your scheduled place to usher? See, we, we, because we, we, put all, we allow all this other stuff to push us out of our post because we don't count it a big thing. It's not a big thing. But it is. I said it is. God is looking at this kind of stuff to see how serious they are about being used in the local church and in the kingdom of God. I don't care how good your singing voice is. I can't trust you to be at your, you know, we schedule for a month and if there's, and sometimes there's legit reasons, but a lot of times it's just stuff that's gotten in the way that shouldn't have gotten in the way. If you counted it as, I mean, some people have half a leg and they still drag themselves to work because they want that paycheck. <laughs> but they won't take that half leg to church with them because you've got to rest, you know. I told you, your flesh don't like this. But your spirit ought to be going, yeah, 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 yeah. this is what I need. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's go to uh, Luke 16. I'm looking at the clock. Luke 16. And let's look at the law of faithfulness. And it was uttered by the master. If that means anything to you, and it should mean a lot. So there's two laws outlined here, two principles regarding faithfulness that Jesus lays out for us in Luke chapter 10. Uh, number one is in verse 10, and number two is uh, in verse 12. And uh, we'll, read, we'll read all three verses. It says, Jesus said, He that is faithful in that which is least, mark it, least. Jesus said, he that is faithful in that which is least is, will be faithful in that which is greater, that which is much. But that's not how humans think. They think if you'll put something heavy on me, Pastor, if you put a, something weighty on me, you can count on me. But I just, you know, I hadn't taken this cleaning the bathroom assignment, you know, be, you know because it's just really not my anointing. It's not, about, it's not your anointing. Whose anointing is it? Who did God put the toilet cleaning anointing on? Right? No one's come into me in 21, 22 years of pastor and saying, I've got the toilet cleaning anointing, pastor. I am your man. But somebody's got to do it in the family. You want to talk about faithfulness? I mean, the Joneses, they made it into my notes tonight. How long have y'all been cleaning the church for Sunday morning? Four years? Five years? I was thinking about the last three years. I, at least, I'm saying with confidence, in three years, the church has never not been cleaned by the Joneses in three. I, and it could be more than that. Never do they call me. Never. And maybe they did it and worked it out with Brett and I just didn't know it. But I'm just telling you, even if it was once or twice, I'm telling you, this place shines every Sunday morning. Every Sunday morning. Because that couple and their daughter drives from Marshall County. This is a big building. Sometimes it's a, they're driving from Marshall County more than once. 
to make sure that your blessed assurance has a clean surface. I, I am telling you, do you think that's just fun? Always? And we pay them to do it? But the degree of faithfulness they've shown doesn't equal the pay. And I thank y'all for that. Come on, let's give it up for them. Praise God for that. But this is, this is what I'm talking about, about faithfulness. Like a drumbeat. Like a metronome on my wife's piano. You can't call yourself, I can't call myself faithful if I'm not consistent. When was the last time your schedule allowed it? I'm not talking about work. Your schedule allowed it. And you were here for all eight services in a month. Now, if your schedule didn't allow it, it don't count. Right? But I'm talking about other little busy inconvenience things and maybe hard things that you just didn't press past. You let it keep you out of that service. You let that become a pattern and God's not going to be able to call you faithful in that area. And it's going to keep you out of places in the Spirit and blessings that God has for you and if you don't see it, if you're not conscious of it, you can get mad at me for talking to you this way, but I'm here to help you. I'm here to love you. I, I'm not preaching something to you that I don't live every day. I mean, God put me through the fire before he gave me a pulpit. Fire. The fire was not visions and glory and visitations from angels. The fire was trash cans and dirty toilets. Long nights sweat, blood, and some tears. You ever lent rolled a thousand chairs? Well, I have. You ever vacuumed underneath a thousand chairs? Did it over and over and over and over and over again? I have. You ever jumped from rung to rung 20 feet in the air to get balloons out of the 1999 New Year's Eve party so they wouldn't be there for the service next day because my pastor demanded it? I did. Amen. You ever studied and learned electricity because the church didn't want to spend the money on having a maintenance guy come in and do the job? Getting fried and electrocuted and all that to make sure there's lights in the bit? I, I, know, what all, I know all of that. I know what children's ministry is. I know what running after toddlers is. I, I know what missing the big meeting year after year after year after year when the glory's fallen and there's 800 kids laid out under the power of God in the service and I'm not there because I'm unclogging their toilets while they're, not, while they're in the service. I know all of that. I have had, I've been baptized by Kentucky Fried Chicken that's been sitting in the Oklahoma sun for hours. You just don't talk to me about wanting the easy road to divine promotion because you, you lost me. I'm just telling you. See, and I deemed it the least, but I did it. And God would say, you're doing it, son, but your attitude's bad. You mean I, just doing it is not enough? I mean, I got poo on my hand, Lord. Again. Can't you just give me a little slack on my attitude? Nope. No. No, no, no. Uh, you, just, you just have to understand where I've come from. Amen. And, and God, God deals with me. I mean, I, I don't make me go back and talk about 6 a.m. But see, here's the thing, I'd do it for a while, and then I'd slack off. My flesh get back under control. But see, here's what God's looking for. Can I trust you, son, to do it? And my destiny is dependent on going from the bed to the chair at 6 a.m. consistently. You wouldn't believe the fight I've had with my flesh. See, but are you fighting your flesh or are you just giving in? What are you forfeiting because you're giving into your flesh and you're not pressing past 
to be faithful. You're forfeiting something. Everybody I know wants more. Everybody, they want more anointing, more glory, more favor, more miracles, more signs, more wonders, more money, more visibility, more position. Very few of them interested at all in being faithful. And I can't measure you faithful in two weeks, honey. If you, I mean, if you're just not interested in being here for the long haul, that's why so many come in and they come out. Because I'm not better than anybody else, but I'm not like most just pastors out there. But most pastors wouldn't get this straight with you. And maybe I shouldn't, but I just... We, we are surrounded. We are... American culture is filthy. And when we leave here, we're immersed in it all day long. And we don't think like this, but God does. Listen, are, are you being faithful with your electronic devices? And we want revival. How come we don't have more move the Spirit? Well, if you knew what I know, and I'm never going to out anybody about how much porn goes on by church members. I don't need to pray very long to find out why a holy God is not pouring out His Spirit in a greater measure. And God loves you, and that's, you know, but you, you're not being faithful. You're not be, if you're married, you're not being faithful. It's a violation of your covenant. And you need to humble yourself if you need to and get help and get delivered and get set free. None of the guys that ever come to me about it have I ever condemned. I, will, I know how invasive it is. You know, when I do get on my Facebook, I, there are times, I, oh my God. And then when you try to say, hide, uh, report this ad, they just put the ad on a different name and they just keep sending it. The algorithm just keeps sending it. But if you can't be faithful with your eyes, then you don't need a phone. You don't need a tablet. You don't need a computer. It's hurting you. How'd I get off on this? Hurting you. But it's adulterous. And it defile you and defile your soul, but you think about your mate. Right? I mean... (laughs) Father, help me. I, we've, got, we've got to go forward. But how long are too many of us going to be okay sleeping together and not being married? I don't care about the past, but I mean, it's not right. The world don't care, but God cares. Are you going to be faithful to God? Faithful, faithful. Faithful when people are looking. Faithful when they're not. Faithful to your boss. Faithful to your country. Faithful to your church. Faithful to your pastor. Faithful to your brothers and sisters. Faithful. I'm trying to close here, but this this law of faithfulness, what is the measuring stick? We're all under it. God is going to look at what you and I call the least. And he's going to watch what we do with the least. And we'll never, we'll never move ahead in advance until we become faithful with what we think is unimportant. I mean, I've already started meddling, right? Might as well just go all the way. But I mean... It's tight, but it's right. But I mean, are, are you being faithful? You, we all want more stuff. I mean, not everybody wants more stuff. But I, I like, I got an impartation from Pastor Nancy. I like things. And, and God's okay with me having things if things don't have me. But he ain't going to give me more stuff to trash. He's not going to give me more stuff to neglect. More stuff to not maintain. More stuff to abuse. If you can't keep a thousand square foot clean, why would he give you three? 
I'm just talking real. This stuff matters. Pastor, it's almost Christmas. I don't need to hear this. Well, you came. It's the only message I got, guys. What, what, is, what is God dealt with you about? What is, what is in your life? What is, what is your assignment? You know, and are you being faithful with it? And if you're not, don't beat yourself up. Don't, don't be, I'm not condemning you. I'm not judging you. Amen. But I'm putting this out there because God dealt with me about it. And he wants us all to advance. And we're not going to advance until we're faithful. Amen. And listen, if you won't be faithful, God will find someone who will be faithful. He'll find somebody with less talent, and he'll give them talent. He'll get, find somebody with lesser anointing, and he'll, he'll increase their anointing. You know, it, Gideon, he, he told God, you got the wrong one, man. You got God, you got the wrong one. I am not your guy. God said, oh, you mighty man of valor. If you just do what I say, Moses couldn't even talk. He said, God, I can't even talk. And you know what God said to Moses? He said, I have made you as God to Pharaoh. Put that in your religious pipe and smoke that. I have made you as God to Pharaoh. A stutterer. But he was. You want to know why? Because God said he was. God will make you whatever he wants to make you, make you whatever he, you need to be for him. But he can't make you faithful. He can't make you keep your pants on. He can't make you not click on the wrong thing. He can't make you get out of bed and put your suit on and come to church and just do it consistently. A lot of people not in church on Wednesday night. There's no bad weather out there right now. Amen. But they're in holiday mode. Well, I'm in holiday mode. When I leave here and clock out, you know, don't talk. I'm, I'm in holiday mode too. But right now, I'm, I'm here. You're here. God bless you. All right. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. How are we going to land this one? I'm going to get my wife up here. She'll tell a funny story and make you all feel better. Verse number 12. Let's look at the second law of faithfulness. It says, and if you have not been faithful... In that which is another man's, who will give you your own? Oh, Jesus. Well, I want my own department. I want to be a department head at WHC. Well, if I asked your department head right now what kind of worker you are, what would they tell me? Come on, think about just in the kingdom. If I asked Brother Paul what kind of usher you are, how consistently you show up, do you follow the protocol? Are you on it with your position to bring your honor and your dignity, bring your best effort and your faith, or are you just loosey-goosey with it like it's no big deal? And you're really not ushering. You're chatting up everybody in the auditorium, socializing. What kind of usher are you? What kind of nursery worker are you? What kind of live stream technician are you? Well, but if you would just give me my own. Let me be, I'm not, I've had people tell me I don't serve because I don't like how the team does it. I've never made a person like that the leader. They're not a team player. They can't submit. You know, I don't care if you've been with me since November 18th, 2001. I don't know anything about you until you do something in submission, something you don't want to do because I asked you to. And I know nothing about our relationship until I have to correct you. I don't care how long we've been together. Until I have to climb up in your grill and yell at you and correct you. Maybe that'll never have to happen with you. But I don't know anything about you really until I climb up in your business and say, don't you ever do that again. I want this changed. You hear me? I'm your pastor talking. Don't do, ever do that again. I really don't know anything about that person. So if you're wanting to pass a test, just pick a fight with me and we'll get it over with. <laughs> no, you know what? In 10 years of being with Dr. Dufresne, he never had to do that with me. You know why? I took my medicine when he was preaching. I took my medicine when he was preaching. 
Now, I'm a late sleeper, and uh, he's an early riser. But when I'm on his airplane that time, he said, now, wheels up. Wheels up at X amount of time. Well, I'm there. He, he's left pastors on the tarmac in another state because they were 10 minutes late. And he said, I'll leave you, son. I said, Dad, I believe it. I believe it. And I said, if I do, you just go on. I'll, I, I will be all right. I'll make my way. But he, he never had a problem out of me. This is a funny one. We'll, we'll, we'll go, okay? I promise. But can I tell the story about the ordination? Your ordination. I tell that story? Okay. I think Pastor Nancy might find this funny. But anyway, uh, the time came three or four years into our relationship that we sought ordination through Freshfield Fellowship and Dr. Dufresne. And uh, we went through the application process, and I don't remember if there's an interview or whatever we did. We did all that, and we went to the camp meeting, and it came time uh, for us to be ordained. There's probably three other ministry couples that are going to get ordained that night, and we're so excited. And uh, my wife comes into the morning meeting. We're going to be ordained that night, but in the morning meeting, she comes to the service in a very nice, dressy pantsuit. What's wrong with that? Nothing. Okay. So, Brother uh, Mitch, Dr. Dufresne's right-hand man, comes up to my wife in that service and said, um, you do have something different to wear for the ordination service tonight because Dr. Dufresne will not go for that. Well, there's an offendable moment right there. She could have told me what he said to my wife about what she was wearing, and I could have just got in the flesh about it. And do you know they all wearing pantsuits over there now? But you know, Dr. Dufresne went to heaven. He's not in charge anymore. <laughs> he's not in charge anymore. Pastor Nancy's in charge now. But see, when he was on the earth, you ladies didn't wear pantsuits. That was his standard. Well, what did you say? No, he, yeah, so you said, I will, I will have. And did you go shopping? Oh, yeah, we went shopping. Went shopping. Feelings. Oh, yeah. We dealt with feelings. You ever dealt with feelings about me? It's all right. You can say it. No. Yeah, thank you. I got, I, he's honest. Thank God. I love, I, I love that. Praise God. But we had, she, had a, she had a brand new dress on that night. We went and spent more money. Well, I'm sure Dr. Dufresne never did know anything about that. But God looked down on the whole thing and saw her and I handle that right. And we still get to advance. You don't handle that right? Little stuff like that, the devil uses it, and before long, you're totally unhooked from your divine supply. You have lost your man of God over a pantsuit. It's just not worth it. Amen? Before God ever gave me a church to lead, it's interesting, he, did, he told me, just through the witness, not to go to Raymond to go to Bible school for ministry training. He put me in the trenches of the local church and he tested me with another man's church. And I made mistakes, but I repented of the mistakes I made. When I was dishonorable for a season, I dealt with myself as God dealt with me and my wife and I made the changes. And had we not changed our attitude, had we not unhooked ourselves from the offenses with our pastor, we would not be here today. Destinies are aborted because of unfaithfulness. Callings are never entered into. Inheritances are lost because of this issue right here. It would do you so well to, if you're going to get a tattoo, put faithfulness on the back of your 
get you, don't go get a tattoo. Pastor Nancy will call me a heretic. Oh, you know, and I don't believe in them either. I don't believe in going to get new ones after you're, you realize your body's a temple of the Holy Ghost, okay? But I like ink. It's not a big deal. But anyway, do whatever you got to do. Wear the t-shirt. Don't. I'm going to move on as God leads me to other subjects, obviously. Amen. But, because you couldn't take this all the time, but I mean, this faithfulness issue is huge. We wouldn't have picked her for this responsibility and this privilege of leading Harvest Kids Christian Daycare. Decades of quiet, faithful service. And God called her number. Amen. Amen. We, I've got, God still wants to call my number in some things. I, there's just, why don't we all stand up? But I, I am with you in being preached to about this message because God has more for me in my life. God has so much more for every member of my family. And the way we're going to get there, Faith, is by getting up every day and thinking, I'm going to show God, I'm going to be faithful with what I've got to do today. I'm going to be faithful with everything that God has put in my hand. And when I miss it, because I'm not perfect, I'm going to be quick to repent. And I'm just going to make the changes. Because it's just not worth forfeiting what God has for you. Really, God's not moved by the sin. Jesus already purchased it. He's not okay with it. But if you just don't move past some lifestyles and behaviors, and you just never get to go forward. Amen. So are you all right? Hallelujah. I get the holy oil out, get Richard, Richard Roberts on FaceTime and have him tell you a funny story. No, praise God. Most guest ministers in a church are not going to come and tell you that because they want to be invited back. Right? It's left to the pastor. It's left to the pastor. What an honor. Thank you for receiving it, congregation. Thank you for receiving it. Thank you for receiving it out there. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus.